Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. And we're homeschooling moms to a combined total of 18 children. We know firsthand that motherhood is full of crazy chaos and overwhelming obligations, but it should also be full of love and laughter. Regardless of where you are on your journey, come join us as we work together to find joy in the chaos of motherhood. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today is episode number 32, and we're going to talk a little bit about having one-on-one time with our kids. We have had this um, brought up in numerous uh, social media conversations and messages, people wondering how we find the time to spend one-on-one time with our kids. So we're going to address that today. Um, But we will start off with a review and a crazy mom moment. I'm going to read a review for you guys. This is was left on iTunes um, from user TAJ243. She says, I have gone on a bit of a binge listen to this podcast. Even as a new mom of a nine-month-old baby girl, I find I'm able to take away nuggets of truth, advice, and ideas from each episode. They are so refreshing and easy to listen to. So we appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for that review. It was lovely. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that review. I, In my mind, okay, so this totally could be me, but in my mind, I imagine that was someone in England that left that review, and I totally read that one in my mind with an English accent. <laughs> I'd like to hear that. Maybe later. (laughs) My English accent is pretty rotten, I was going to say, but (laughs) we have a crazy mom moment from um, one of our dear followers on Instagram, Pit with Belle. She says, as a mom, I never thought I'd have to say, why is there poop in my dishwasher? (laughs) (laughs) No. And I never thought I'd have to clean up poop from my dishwasher. (laughs) What? My one-year-old <laughs> my one-year-old has a habit of putting his hand on his back and then tugging into his diaper. He'd walk around oh like God. that all day. I have to be uber careful about when he goes number two because he'll dip into it. He'll come up oh. to me holding his hand out saying, ew. This one time he dipped and kept playing on the dishwasher instead of letting me know. <laughs> oh, that is so super gross. <laughs> hey, but, but. Bonus is once you run it, it's sanitized, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the dishwasher. Just shut the door and run it again. <laughs> right? Sometimes I wish my uh, washing machine had a sanitizing option. Let's be honest. I wish my entire house had a sanitizing option. Amen. Sometimes it's like, can we just turn it onto high heat in this room and just <laughs> burn whatever's in here? <laughs> oh, that's so horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for the laugh. <laughs> yes, but thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I, I, You are not the only one who has found poop in... A very unfortunate location. I can, yeah, all the places. <laughs> uh, okay, so how do you spend one-on-one time with your kids? This is probably the most common question we get asked as moms of large families. How do we make time for each child individually? That's right. And right up front, I will admit that it can be difficult no matter how many kids you have, even if you have just one, especially if you have something else on your plate, like homeschooling or a career or um, you know community service, whatever. Anytime that you don't have, you know, 24 hours in a day to dedicate to your kids, it can be hard to spend one-on-one time with them. Yeah. And the why is that it really is um, a good solution to spend quality time with your kids to resolve so many of the things that they struggle with, misbehavior, loneliness, self-worth issues. Like, look at it like this. We have an opportunity to influence the way they feel about their childhood when they're an adult looking back. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I like that a lot. And, you know, you've heard the quote, Children won't remember what you say. They will only remember how you made them feel. Um, and so 
what we do and how often we do it is not as important as the fact that it's just a positive experience spending time with you, right? Yes. Uh, if our kids, I feel like if our kids know they're important to us, then they will go out into the world feeling more confident and prepared to face what the outside world has, right? We've talked before about the fact that moms are this this special safe place for their kids. And if they feel like they're a priority in our lives, then really nothing can knock them down, right? And I think that nothing really tells our kids that they're important quite as quickly or efficiently as um, really connecting with them, you know? Um, one, one thought that came to me as I was thinking about this was if we, you have a friend, let's say you have a friend that you really, really love. Maybe she's even a roommate. You spend a lot of like casual time together, but she never makes time for you to connect, actually connect. You know, you just pass all the time in the hallway or whatever. You'd start to think that that friend doesn't really value you anymore. You think, hey, let's sit down and watch a movie. Nope, too busy. Hey, want to read a book with me? No. You know what I mean? If, if yeah. we are constantly putting off time with our children for some other need, they're going to start thinking that they're not important to us. <laughs> yeah. You'd think they were, that she was avoiding you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So in episode 14, that was our Q&A episode, um, I kind of offered a different perspective on one-on-one time. And um, I kind of said that I didn't make an effort to spend one-on-one time with each of my kids every day. And you can go back and listen to that episode for more insight on that. But when I was preparing for this episode, I actually sat down with my four oldest kids individually, ha, took one-on-one time with them. (laughs) And I asked him, okay, so guys, um, do you feel like um, your parents, mom, dad, whoever didn't spend enough one-on-one time with you when you were younger? And um, so my four oldest are, I have two girls and two boys, and they all have very different personalities. The two girls are radically different in personality and the two boys are radically different in personality. So I ask him um, the, the question, you know, like, do you wish your parents would have spent more one-on-one time with you? And they all gave me similar answers. Now, if we needed to talk to you about something, we just came and talked to you. Or if we um, wanted to spend time with you, we came and spent time with you. And my, <laughs> my cheeky 14-year-old boy said, you guys aren't the kind of parents that are fun that I want to spend one-on-one time with you doing something fun. <laughs> You're too boring. I'll go hang out with my sibling instead. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. I kind of expected that out of you, but it did, <laughs> it did let me know that like, you know, it wasn't afraid to just tell me straight up that that wasn't something that he feel, felt like he was lacking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a cute kid. I will interject here that um, this past week was when Audrey and I got to meet up in real life. And so Yay! we got to actually meet each other's kids and spouses. And it was really, really fun and put uh, names and faces all together. And But yeah, he's a cute kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish our 14-year-old boys would have had more time to spend together because I think, you know, it's a little bit, they would have needed a little more than just a couple hours, but they'd have been yeah. good friends too by the end of that time. Agreed. But that's that kind of age where it oh, takes yeah. a little bit of uh, figuring out before they can just be best buds. Not like the yeah. five-year-olds that are like, want to play? Sure, let's play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the two-year-olds holding hands and not crying oh, when they had yeah, to leave. That yeah. Yeah. And you know, along these same lines, I really feel like this is totally a matter of personality, both of the child's and the adult's too. So I will just say that, you know, we've talked before about how that I'm I'm not really a fun mom, right? I don't sit around thinking, what can we play together? I'm more of a get things done kind of mom. So because of that, I have been a little more active in trying to find time to spend with my kids because I feel like if I don't, 
then I'm kind of more neglectful. I'll just focus on the house all day long. So I just bring that up to, to say that you might just be a lot more present of a person, whoever's listening, or of a mom than I am. And this might not be something that you need to actively think, oh, I haven't spent one-on-one time. We're not here to tell you, here's one more thing you got to put on your list, but just that kids do need you know, this interaction at some point during your day. And if it's not coming naturally, like it doesn't to me, then that might be something you schedule in. But we're going to talk more in a little bit about how to do that very quickly and um, get the most bang for your minute, basically. Right, right. So in our family, we value family time more than alone time. So, um, I mean, one-on-one time. So like as a whole family, we'll go and do things together. And thinking back on my own childhood, that is the uh, the times that I value most. You know, when our whole family drove up the mountain and camped in a tent overnight together and around a campfire and, you know, just chatting and being together as family. So that's something we're doing in our family as well. And I think as moms, you know, using our mother's intuition, which we have talked about in episode 27, <laughs> um, we know when a child needs more time and when they right. need extra time with mom. And so um, we will spend time with them. And then another thing I wanted to say that is that in a big family, um, my kids spend a lot of one-on-one time with one of their siblings or with a, a couple of siblings. And they they're getting, you know, they're chatting, hanging out with big brother and talking to him, or they're hanging out with little sister and talking to them and, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So there it's, it's interaction. And the last thing I wanted to say is that I don't think that dads struggle with this like moms do. So maybe our episode on mom guilt is appropriate here, (laughs) but dads don't, I don't think come home and say, oh, okay, now I've got, you know, this many hours before bedtime and I need to make sure I spend time with each of these kids. And I, I just don't think that's a thing for dads. I think they enjoy their families. I think they love their families, but I don't think this is something that, I don't know, society or whatever presses on them that they need to spend one-on-one time with each of their kids. So the last thing I wanted to say, and the thing I'm going to kind of focus on in this episode is um, making time with each kid count in the way that they need to be interacted with um, so that it's quality time for them according to their own needs. Yeah. I don't think that, uh, you know, maybe one-on-one is exactly the thing we need to focus on as much as, like you said, the quality time with, with kids. And um, you were mentioning before we went live that it this, you know, importance of going, of having one-on-one time with kids all the time is kind of a new construct. I really don't believe that the pioneers were like, oh, I, I got to get the laundry done at the creek today, but I haven't sat down and played checkers with Johnny. You know, <laughs> they just were okay. And they spent, but then again, they had fewer distractions too. So I think that like you say, using that mom radar, that mom intuition to to check in with kids and make sure that they're doing okay and that if they do need more time with you, that you, you know, carve that out. Yes. So that's that's the basic why of of this topic. And now we're gonna talk just a little bit about the how. So, you know, your your day might be full and you're thinking, well, I don't really have time to to connect with each kid every time. I remember doing a parenting, an online parenting course several years ago. And one of the first lessons said, you need to be having one-on-one time with your kids and it needs to happen twice a day with each kid. And I just cried. <laughs> I was like, well, I think at the time I had six kids. I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. She's like, even if it's only 15 minutes a kid. I'm like, uh-huh, 15 minutes <laughs> times six times two. Yeah. I don't have that kind of time, you know? And so I thought I was a horrible parent, but I don't think that's, that's, that's definitely not the purpose of this episode. Instead, 
um, I'm trying now in my life to to make time with my kids a priority, but without guilt tripping or time constraints or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Just deciding that it's important and maybe scheduling it if my kid if I see that a kid really needs it. Um, we do have that whole episode on time management. That's episode 16. So if you just feel like your day's really full, but you would like to have more one-on-one time or even small group time with your kids, you can check that out. Um, but I do try to, um, you know, schedule little things here and there with the kids that I think need it. Yeah, um, absolutely. One thing I have learned about, um, making the time I spend with my kids count, and I've learned this from my older children is that, um, I have different personality types than quite a few of my kids. So, um, I can't interact with some of my children on a way that is comfortable or comes natural to my personality. I have to, um, tailor my parenting style to the kid that I'm interacting with so that it, it means something to them and it makes a difference for them. So if you're familiar with the personality types, you know that there's four areas, introvert, extrovert, introvert, or extrovert, and then, um, sensing or intuition, thinking and feeling, And then the last um, letter, there's four letters. The last letter is judging or perceiving. So for example, if I'm, I'm interacting with a kid who is um, more on the thinking side and I'm more on the feeling side, for example, then, you know, they're going to be totally in head space and I'm going to be totally in heart space and we're just not going to be able to connect very good. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there is five basic traits that go with, um, the person along with the personality types, their introversion or extroversion, neuroticism, openness, agreeableness, and conscientiousness. And like there's hundreds of websites and you can Google this stuff. But let's say I'm I'm interacting with a kid who's high in disagreeability and high I am high in agreeability. Then I'm going to look at this kid and be like, they're just disagreeing with me to disagree. And that's true. They are just (laughs) disagreeing with me to disagree. And because I'm such an agreeable person, that annoys me. And I don't understand that. And I don't know how to interact with that very well. But when I realize that that's their personality type and that's, that's what they're doing and that's who they are, then I can kind of like play along with that or go along with that and um, make it make the interaction more, more relevant to them and, and who they are and what they're, what they're doing. And my, one of my children who is high in disagreeability has told me, mom, after the fact, mom, I know you're right. I'm just disagreeing with you because that's what I have to do. (laughs) 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 So I find if I spend a lot of time in self-examination and then also, um, examining my child and trying to figure out where they are. So let's say personality types don't really appeal to you. There's other, there's so many other ways of looking at kids and kind of dissecting them. There's the Enneagram test. I think we were talking on our episode with Rachel about that. Um, or there's Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies framework. Um, so just, you know, pick one and try to dissect your kid a little bit and figure out where they are and how they, what will be meaningful to them. And I have found that to really have helped me in my relationships with my kids is try to, figure out who I am and where I am and then try to figure out who they are and where they are and then try to interact accordingly. Yeah. Where they're coming from. Ooh, yeah. You know, this stuff is so good. We need an entire episode just about like personality types and connecting with the kid, you know, the way they work because I am still learning so much and I have so much more research to do, but I, 
I've had so many breakthroughs come from really trying to figure out how my kid works in their framework. I'll give one little example. I, my oldest child is a boy. And when he was like three or four, he was just always really violent and not like mean violent, but he would just, anytime he came up to me, it was to headbutt me or to kick me or to <laughs> flick me or to hang on me. And I used to get so irritated, just like, and I'm not a, like, I love hugs, but other than that, don't touch me, you know? Yeah. And I, it just drove me so crazy. And so every time he'd do it, I'd turn around and snap at it. Why are you kicking me? Why are you pushing me? Why are you? And he'd just kind of giggle and run away. And I'm thinking, <laughs> he's, not even, he's, mad, he's not even mad. What's the deal? Until I read the five love language of children and yes. realized, oh, my kid's love language is touch. And he's a boy. So touch is not hugging and kissing. Touching is headbutting me. He wants to connect and headbutts me. And it was just this huge light bulb moment for me. And then I was able to more calmly react. He'd come up and headbutt me. I'd turn around and go, you little stinker, and give him a hug or whatever, chase him around and connect instead of yeah. it just being this source of irritation all the time. Yeah. I thought, why did it take me so long to figure that out? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, is, so I love that. that is awesome. I love that. Okay. So I personally, when it comes to the how of, of connecting with my kids, I like to have a systematic way of doing this just so I cover all my bases because I have so many kids. It's easy for me to, you know, for one to maybe have some issues and kind of slip through the cracks and I'm not noticing that he needs me. So, um, one thing that we do in our house, I may have mentioned this in a previous episode is each day of the week is belongs to a child, right? So the Monday is my oldest, Tuesday is my second kids, you know, and what that means is just whoever's day it is, it's the person that praise over the food and the person that gets to sit in the front seat and, you know, the one that gets all the little privileges that everybody fights over. Yes. So I've also decided that when I need to run an errand or do anything, um, I check with the person whose day it is and see if they want to come along. Hey, it's your day. Do you want to run to Walmart with me? Hey, it's your day. Do you want to help me with dinner? So just little opportunities here and there. And it's usually nothing big. We're not going out for ice cream. It's just them to be by my side doing something together. Um, and that has worked out really, really well for us. They get, you know, especially little kids just love being with mom no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a good time to just connect with them and check in. And then finally, I will say that if it's been a crazy day and I haven't really checked in with anybody, um, bedtime is always a great time for this too. So usually my husband and I split up tucking kids in. Um, but if there's a kid that I haven't really connected with that day, I'll make it a point to make sure that he's on my rounds and I go okay. in there and sit down and, you know, sing a song to him and talk to him about his day, ask him if anything's bothering him. And that tends to be a time when they're really kind of tender and willing to open up. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I love your kid of the day thing, yeah. <laughs> except you have nine. So I do know, you. Yeah. I know. So recently we have talked to my big kid. I'm like, so the youngest two don't really know about it yet. But as Alice gets older, I'm going to ask Liam if she can have his day in the hall. Because <laughs> he's getting a little, he's kind of outgrowing it. He doesn't really care if he sits, you know, in the special seat or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, you know, that's exactly um, how it goes at our house. Um, so for the baby and toddler, um, I definitely spend one on time with them every day. Um, put them down for their naps and the baby, you know, he's just nursing all the time. So he gets, <laughs> he gets mom's attention all the time. Um, for the five to eight year old set, um, it usually one on one time usually comes with their schoolwork. So, you know, they sit on my lap while they're doing their reading or, you know, they get extra help from me for math time or whatever. And then um, maybe 10 to teenager, they get to help in town, trips to town as a helper because it doesn't really help me, you know, if the five year old goes to town with me. I have to still <laughs> buckle and unbuckle them and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And then that gives them an opportunity to discuss more mature topics. But, um, 
I also, you know, with my oldest ones, my teenagers, like if I go to them and say, okay, it's, you know, one-on-one time for you, they're being like, mom, you're a creep. Get out of here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or think they're in trouble, or, you know, find it kind of awkward or something. So when they get older, you kind of interact with them in different ways and on different levels. Yeah, exactly. It's I meant to mention this uh, in the part about personalities too. So I have one daughter who is very much outgoing and very much loves to play and have a good time. So she had been begging me forever to play a board game with her. And so I finally said, all right, we'll do some little one-on-one connecting time. I'll play whatever board game you want. So we did. And then I thought, oh, you know, I haven't talked to my older son one-on-one for a while. Maybe he wants to play a little board game. So I went and talked to him and he looked at me like I was crazy. I'm playing a game with you. <laughs> I was like, oh, sad. <laughs> You're past that. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the neat thing about older kids as they get older is they become more mature. And so you can have more of a little friend connection with them. Like talk about um, some local news story or something that's happening with a friend of yours. Oh, did you hear that so-and-so is traveling here? Isn't that cool? Or, you know, some maybe more mature topics that you might not bring up with your seven or your eight-year-old and can connect that way. That's been one of the really, really awesome benefits of having a teenager. I've loved that. Yeah, we definitely spend um, around the table time is like not one-on-one time, but our four teenagers always stay at the table and we chat like, you know, after supper's done for like up to an hour and the little ones, they wander off and play and they're they're not interested in that. But the conversations are getting so good with the old kids. Yeah, it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. And then I, and then I will say that if I do feel like a kid needs that special time, um, I will try to set aside 10 or 15 minutes to connect with them. And then I will let them choose what to do. Like I said, my one daughter needs that so much more than everybody else, um, just her personality. And so I'll say, you know, you've been asking me to do things with you. What would you like to do? We got 15 minutes. Let's play cards. Let's draw. Let's, you know, whatever. We'll talk about some more ideas here in a minute. But um, my only requirement is that it's not screen time. We can't just sit and watch a movie together. That's not really connecting. Although it's fun, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it is important for them to feel like they are important enough for you to take time out of your busy schedule just to spend time with them. And then it also um, makes a difference if you've bothered to figure out the facets of their personality enough to interact with them in a way that's meaningful for them. I like it took me so long with some of my kids that have um, a personality that's different from me to figure out the right way to interact with them. But since I have tried to take time and effort to figure out who they are and what it means to them. It, it does make our interactions more meaningful. Yeah, for sure. And that's interesting that you say that um, it's taking you longer for some kids than others. That's good to know because there are some that I still haven't quite figured out. <laughs> and, um, you know, I love teaching my kids about that too. Like, look at how so-and-so interacts with everybody. Can you tell that his personality is a little bit like this? And And it helps everyone understand each other a little bit better and have a little bit more patience for when people do things in a way that you might not normally do them, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, this whole personality um, study has come about because my oldest daughter really, really got into it. Like she can, she's so good at it. She can kind of spend five minutes with somebody and know their personality type because she's, you know, she's typed them in her mind, putting them in the four categories. And then she knows how to interact with them and what their likes and dislikes are. Even, you know, she even what kind of jobs or careers they are good at or might be interested in that kind of Ooh, thing. And she's really so cool. into it. Yeah. So she spent a lot of time educating the rest of us on personality types and about people and that kind of thing. It's really cool. She needs to be like a college counselor or something or a <laughs> psychologist. I don't know. <laughs> oh. One thing that is a meaningful way for me to um, interact with some of my kids is like, I'm really interested in sewing. And I love in our um, episode with Jansen, how she talked about um, getting your kids involved in stuff that you are interested in and that 
light you up and set you on fire. I think, you know, those were along her lines, the words that she used, but like your kids see you get excited about stuff and then they can get excited about it. It like if you're playing, I think her example was she doesn't really care about my little ponies, you know, so that doesn't if she sat down and played that with her kids, that wouldn't she couldn't interact or relate to them very well on that level because she doesn't really care about that. But reading with her kids is really awesome because she (laughs) she loves that. So sewing is kind of my thing. And I have two daughters that just love to sew and are learning to sew. And so um, one of my daughters, see my um, 10 year old is right next to me when I'm learning how to sew and she wants to learn how to sew some things too. And that's, that's a good way to interact and connect with her. Or I have, you know, my five-year-old, he plays nearby when I'm sewing or working on my computer, or he's the kind of kid and he needs a little extra um, touch or mommy time. He crawls into my bed at night and I just, sometimes I take him back into his own bed, but sometimes I'm like, well, you know what? He just needs this today, so I let him stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Um, there's nothing quite as fun as being able to do one of your favorite hobbies with one of your kids. I think it's just so great, um, especially, you know, that can be hard to envision if all your kids are really, really little. Um, but as they get older, or if you can find like, you know, simpler versions of what you love, you know, maybe like, I remember teaching my kids uh, cross-stitching at a pretty young age because that they could handle more than the sewing machine and they could sit and do something like that with me that was really similar to what I love to do. And that was really fun to connect with them over that. Um, And then we're going to move on a little bit to talking about how much quality time or one-on-one time we should have with our kids. And you've probably been able to tell from this conversation that we don't really have a set time. Um, but I think that ideally we would connect multiple times with each kid every day that would look different for everybody. You know, that could look like, like we're saying, um, talking to them about a school assignment that they're working on or just tucking them in at night. Um, but you know, setting aside specific time for each child multiple times a day is a little bit impossible unless you're just naturally living life. So another example of just kind of finding ways throughout your day to connect rather than, oh my gosh, we didn't have our one-on-one time. I'm a bad mom kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely recommend quality over quantity time. Like if you're like spending 15 minutes with them, but you're, uh, you know, your device is right there and your mind is wandering and you're waiting to check your email when you're done, (laughs) that it's just, you know, they can tell kids are truth detectors there. They're going to tell that. And then, um, like I've been talking about discover their interests and likes and ideas and thoughts and personalities. Some of my kids have interests in things that I have absolutely no interest in. So I have to take time to, you know, stop my mind thinking about what it's thinking about and focus in on what they're saying, even though I, I don't really like, it's not a personal interest of mine, but if it's something that interests them and lights them up, then I need to, you know, get interested in it for their sake because to, you know, to work on the future friendship. And then I love what you mentioned earlier about the love languages book, because that really has helped me with some of my kids too. Um, One of my kids is definitely not touch. (laughs) Touch is not their love language. And so ever since this child was a baby, they would just like stiffen, you know, if you hug them and Mm. kiss on them and like they push you away when you're trying to hug them. And when I learned not to take that personally, but that just cut, that child just didn't want to be touched. Mm -hmm. And there was a different way of connecting with that child that was really meaningful to them. (laughs) Then our relationship improved as well. Yeah. That's so valuable for sure. 
Um, I think that when we are making an effort to have this regular one-on-one time or quality time, whatever you want to call it with your kids, this regular connecting, it can go a long way in preventing tantrums and misbehavior from even starting because the kids feel loved and they feel heard. You know, um, we even do a little bit of this as adults. You know, if there's someone in our life that um, we don't feel really connected with, sometimes we can. Yeah, I don't know, be a little wild or goofy or something around them. Like, hey, let's interact. Let's, you know, you're trying to get it, yeah. trying to elicit a response, you know, kind of thing. And kids do that, but to the nth degree. Oh, mom's not paying attention. Well, I'm going to jump on the table and then I'm going <laughs> to dump all the cat food out and then I'm going to do this and this. Um, and so when we remember that, that it's a, a, a cry for love and attention, you know, and the, this feeling of belonging, we can calmly react to those things and think, oh, this kid needs a little bit of extra attention or perhaps just needs an earlier bedtime. I don't know. It <laughs> depends on the kid. <laughs> um, and that can be a great time to reconnect and give that child, you know, whatever attention he or she needs. Um, although I will say that <laughs> it can be tricky to differentiate spending quality time with them from rewarding the bad behavior, right? So we talked about this in the the episode on tantrums. Um, we don't want to give them a privilege like, oh, Johnny needs more attention. For- Why do I always say Johnny? Neither of us has a Johnny. but <laughs> anyway, Little Johnny little Johnny needs more attention because he just smeared peanut butter all over the walls. I'm going to go get him some ice cream. <laughs> little Johnny's going to be like, sweet, I want ice cream. I want to smear peanut butter on the wall. No, the point is to you know address that situation. Oh, we don't do that, honey. Let's clean it up together. And then Side note, in your brain, hmm, I think little Johnny needs some constructive playtime with mom or a sibling outside so he doesn't get into trouble, you know? So um, anyway, hope that hopefully that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. And I want to um, put in a side note here, a word of caution about labeling. Even if you do it, I've heard some parents do it out loud and I completely um, am not in favor of it, but even mentally you can label one of your kids good or bad mm-hmm. and that can affect people for life. Like, um, if you're labeled as the bad kid (laughs) and you grow up that, you know, that, that kind of affects you for life. You can be, or if you're labeled, you know, the good kid that can also uh, change the way your, your life forever. And so, um, this is in relation to like temper tantrums and kids acting out. Um, perhaps Another book that I've read is, uh, I'm currently reading, is called The Social Styles Handbook. So it's about communication styles. And there's four communication styles, analytical, driver, expressive, and amiable. And um, it's, I totally recommend the book. We can link it in the show notes. But um, it's all about different ways of communicating. So it's not about um, personality types. Personality types um, communicate differently. This is about the four main ways that people communicate. So let's say I have a child that's expressive. Um, they're going to fall down and have a big temper tantrum and, um, you know, get it all out very noisily. <laughs> well, let's say I have a child that's analytical. They're going to um, kind of sit back and assess the situation and see see the best way to get what they want in this situation. Or if I have a child that's amiable, they're just going to agree with whatever I say and then maybe go do what they want anyway. Mm. (laughs) So there's different ways of communicating and I need to, um, and I need to be aware that just because a child communicates differently than me doesn't mean I have to be careful of labeling bad or good. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think we should all be careful of that, of putting bad or good labels on our kids 
um, something I learned when I was doing early childhood education was that um, they taught us not to say, oh, you're such a good boy or you're such a good girl, but to define the action that mm -hmm. they were saying as good or bad instead of the child as good or bad. And that's something I've tried to apply. No, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that is a really, really easy tendency to slip into. All of us want to define our circumstances and, and what's around us, right? It helps us make sense of the world. We're of the world. But when we start to define our children with positive or negative labels, you know, it's one thing to say he's expressive or he's whatever, like that's, that's how his personality functions, but, but that it's a neutral label, right? If it's yeah. a, you know, he's naughty or he's um, disruptive, et cetera, then yeah, that really can be something they hold on to for life and it, and it can affect their own sense of self-worth. So my yes. husband is, is really good at balancing this out. Cause sometimes, you know, in a big family, as kids get older, they naturally start to label each other as well. You know, yes. my older kids are the ones that'll say, oh, so-and-so is such a naughty kid. And my <laughs> husband's really good at uh, neutralizing that. He'll say, no, 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 He did something naughty, huh? We don't do that. But look how good he is at X, Y, Z. And he'll start um, adding positive labels, you know? So, you know, she is so loud. She is loud. She's also so adventurous. Look how fearless she is when she climbs a tree. You know, to to yeah. al allow people to see both the pros and the cons of other people because that's just I mean, that's a that's a skill for life. We meet people and m might immediately want to say that person is so negative all the time. And yet it's not really going to help our relationship to always think of them as the negative ones, <laughs> you know, but to instead of yeah. instead seek for both positive, you know, and the negative attributes for someone to balance it out, but I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, exactly. Um, we talked about that a little bit in our episode on um, kids and eating and about labeling, not labeling kids as being a picky eater because like it's yeah. setting them up to mm -hmm. fail. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So along those tantrum lines, um, you know, when it comes to diffusing the tantrum, I'll try to separate the child from the situation, give them the physical attention without making it a reward, right? And speak calmly and lovingly. And then later on, try to readdress the fact that that kid needs more attention. So, Yeah. We give lots more tips on diffusing tantrums and stopping them before they start in episode 18. Something I say to my kids all the time is I have two ears, but I can only listen to one kid at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make them aware that um, something I'm really careful to do is never to make my kids compete for my attention. And so when you get a situation where um, you got three kids yelling at you at once, Really, they're just doing, okay, here I go again, comparing my kids to dogs, but they're just trying to figure out who's the alpha dog and who is who is the most dominant one in the situation. So I'll just stop that right in the right, nip it right in the bud and say, I've got yeah. two ears. I'm only going to listen to one kid and I choose you. You talk first and then you guys are next, but never to allow the, the whole competition thing to go on. <laughs> that's really smart. And that's been, that's something I've been struggling with lately too, because I'll have three or four kids. Like just this morning I had a meeting. And so when I came back in the house, it was like, oh, mama, like everybody needs yes. me at once. Um, yes. And it can be very easy for me to just naturally turn my head to the child that's the loudest, even if I'm already talking to someone. <laughs> just to make the um, noise stop. Yes. Yes. Just to go, what? <laughs> what do you want? And then the first kid's like, hey, I was here first, you know? And so yeah. I've I've really taken that to heart and tried to uh, do the same thing and just put a finger up and say, you know, even if I have to say, excuse me, so-and-so, one second, I'm talking to this child. When I'm done, you're next. And then I go back to that first kid. Because what that does is, like you say, creates competition where they just keep yelling louder to get your attention. And also it can really hurt that first child. Like you had, they had your attention first 
it might make them seem make it seem like you don't think what you're talking about to them is important or that they're not as important as the other child or because the other child is louder that they get a priority you know all all sorts of yeah. things so it's tricky let me tell you when everybody's screaming oh, at once, yeah. but but yeah that's a that's a valuable a valuable skill to develop Okay, so moving on, finally, we're just going to wrap up by talking a little bit about what a quality time with kids looks like. Um, so we mentioned a couple of ways. Um, I personally, like I said, if I'm looking specifically to spend t- more time with a child who needs it, I will ask them what they want to do. Like I said before, somebody might want to play, play a board game and somebody might think that uh, they'd rather, you know, go mow the lawn. Um, but some ideas that my kids have chosen are jumping on the trampoline together, specifically alone with no other kids. They love that. Reading a book together, playing with toys in the room, coloring or drawing, walking the dog, board games, puzzles, building toys, really anything. Um, but again, these are the times when I have the time to sit down and do something with them. Most of the time, our quality time just looks like getting basic tasks done with that child by my side and being able to talk, talk to me, you know? Uh, last thing about this, if you do choose to do, you know, a one-on-one time activity with this child and there are other kids that want to be involved, it can be uh, tricky but important to differentiate the fact that this is Juliet's time and not your time. In 10 minutes, I will come and have time with you and just keep that time precious for that child who asked for it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So what what the what looks like for us is oftentimes they're just by my side helping me. So we have gotten our chore cards back out. I know we talked about um, chores way back in, what was it, episode two or three, but I'll have a kitchen helper for the week and they get that chore card um, or laundry helper for the week, garden helper. And um, they're, so they're doing that for the week and um, we just do it together. So we naturally are spending lots of time together working and doing something productive. And then also, um, I know we've talked about this a lot before, but, um, we're not in this parenting thing alone. So special time with dads helps the kids too, because it's in a different and a unique way. And, um, personally in our relationship, my husband and I have, um, different personalities. And so he can connect with kids that I have trouble connecting with better and in a more meaningful way than I can. And, and then, um, you know, I can connect with some kids better than he can just because of the way our personalities and communication styles and all this stuff we've been talking about. So, um, you know, sometimes I'm having a really hard time or I can tell a kid is having a really hard time and I'll just kind of pass that responsibility off to my husband for a day or a couple days or a week. Hey, so-and-so is really struggling. Can you kind of take him under your wing this week? And, and that helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that dads are around. (laughs) It's so helpful (laughs) when you can't connect with the kid or if they just need a different kind of love, you know? Um, I like to communicate to my kids, uh, that, well, first of all, that they're valuable of, of that special time if they need it. And then to the other ones that it's so-and-so's time. So this goes right along with talking one-on-one with, with the child, like, Hey, I'm going to go spend time time with this kid and it, it's their turn. And sometimes there can be jealousy and frustration, but if they know that they're equally valued and they'll get time too, then usually they're okay. Um, I have heard of some people coming up with special terms for that special time. So like, you know, whatever, quality time with mom. I don't know. I'm sure you can come up with something more <laughs> exciting than that. But um, And sometimes if I'm trying to do this, uh, and everybody's kind of banging down the door and they want to turn, we'll set a timer. I'll say, Hey, I'm going to play a game for 10 minutes with Juliet, or I'm going to talk with her for just a few minutes, you know, five minutes. 
And then I get to come talk with you and it's just going to be all your turn. And they love that. Oh, I get one-on-one time for whatever reason to show me a Lego set or something. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say that because I'm not naturally a fun mom, as soon as I get on the floor to play with somebody, everybody gets so excited. So that can help kind of like, you know, keep them from bombarding me. Oh, I'm just playing with this kid. I'll come to you next. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I was doing yoga the other morning and, um, my two-year-old came and she was doing like, you know, I'm doing dog, down dog and she's doing down dog right underneath me. And it's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) It's so cute. (laughs) And she's just spending time with me doing what I'm doing. And then, um, because we have, a large family. And because we have older kids, I often see um, my kids choosing to spend time, special time with each other. So my daughters, two oldest mm-hmm. teenage daughters will go shopping together. They'll go, um, you know, do something. Or my two oldest kids have gone on several trips, road trips together, and they just kind of hang out and do that together. And, or my boys will go, um, they went to a demolition derby together uh, last year and you're know, just spending time with each other. And, and I think that can fill them up, fill up their cups too, because again, you know, okay. So dad and I have different personalities, but each of them have personalities and yeah. they find ways to communicate and connect with each other too. And, and I kind of try to keep in, keep in mind and see it as all of us as future adults someday and how we'll be interacting and connecting with each other in the future and try to try to keep that in mind too. Yeah, I love that your kids are such good or turning into such good friends. And um, we have to think that when when our kids become, you know, 20 year olds, 30 year olds, 40 year olds, we're probably not gonna be the first person they come to when they wanna hang out. You know, it's probably gonna be a sibling or a friend. And so to help them develop those relationships is really, really important. And I love how you mentioned, I think in our episode on um, talking to your kids about sex, that um, you've had kids come to you saying, hey, so-and-so needs a little talk about something because they've been the yeah. first one to figure it out because there's more communication and and connectedness between siblings and maybe even between mom and a, and a kid. And I think that's awesome. That's just what families are for. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that when we were together, um, my oldest two wandered off and came back with coffee and ice cream. And it's like, they were just hanging out together. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. So great. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's Our basic episode for you guys today, I just wanted to end this by saying you are doing a great job as a mom, and if you feel like you're getting external pressure to do more with your kids, don't listen to that. You just listen to your own mom intuition and your cues from your children to know exactly what they need from you and when. Um, There's no you know, mom handbook that says if you're not playing my little ponies with your kid every day, (laughs) you're a bad mom. You do what works best for you and your family. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Absolutely. I think because they're listening to this episode, they're on the right track. Exactly. If you care, you're already a good mom. So keep it up. Okay. So um, we're going to have some recommendations linked in the show notes. I talked about the social styles handbook. And I also, um, I think we both love the five love languages of children and the five love languages of teenagers. Yeah. Oh, that social styles I haven't heard of. I'm going to go check that out. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd be so grateful if you'd leave us a written review on iTunes. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at outnumberthepodcast. See you next week. Maybe we should have titled this Quality Time with Kins instead of one-on-one because I really I really don't... What? Nope. Go do some coloring. You hey, go play go play perler beads. No, that's stupid. <laughs>
Okay, well, figure something out to do. I'll, I'll be, give me a half an hour and I'll check with him. No, no movie. Go, go. What? Oh, one second. What? Vivian.